Hey guys, Eric Hoven here, president of Creation Today. Excited that you guys are joining us for what I believe will be a great conversation. Let me just set the stage here. I've just spent the last three days uh, visiting colleges, campuses. Uh, I got to speak in a secular universe, or a secular, a public middle school, which is actually, uh, wow, that was kind of a wild thing. I haven't done that for years, gotten into a secular middle school, and there I was in a public middle school. Uh, it was through a club, so I was allowed to talk about God and the Bible, and we ended up talking about dinosaurs and then giving a gospel message to the 6th grade students and then to the 8th grade students. Uh, I'm down here in Orlando, Florida, and have really uh, enjoyed the week here with Eastland Baptist Church. But after conversation after conversation after conversation that you see I had, uh, I got to tell you, kids today whether they were raised in the church or they weren't raised in the church, and I just talked to a bunch of them, they're all coming at life with, I'm allowed to have my own beliefs. I'm allowed to believe what I want to believe. I'm allowed to make up whatever I want to believe. And I got to tell you, I think that we're we're watching, we're observing um, a destruction of truth happen in our culture where relativism has taken place, taken hold, and there really is no absolute truth. Whew, so where is the youth today? Uh, last week we talked with Sean McDowell and asked him what's going on with Generation Z. Some incredible insights. If you missed last week, you need to go see that. Today I want to talk to a friend of mine who is a youth pastor and a really cool one at that. His name is Shadrach Means, and he's been the youth pastor for more than 20 years uh, just actually recently transitioned out of being a youth pastor. And I'm excited because I think you're going to get some insights into where the youth is going and what the culture is doing to the youth. Hey, to those of you on YouTube, thanks for hanging out with me. To those of you on Facebook, thanks for hanging out with me. To homeschoolers that watch this, uh, get out of your jammies, you lazy bums. Uh, I love you. You're my favorites. And to small groups watching this, thank you. Shad, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Man, I'm blessed beyond measure, buddy. Man, it is, it is fun to just be on the devil's playground. We actually got a complaint filed against us about 30 minutes ago. Nice. I'm sitting there doing interviews. I was way nicer this time. I, I say nicer. <laughs> I tried to be less uh, in your face last time I was at this campus. I had a sign that said, God created the heavens and the earth. And underneath that, it said, prove me wrong. And dude, man, it was like battlegrounds. Let's go, go, go. I was like, okay. So the students wanted to be more friendly. So I said, God created you. Let's talk about it. And tried to have nice civil conversations and gave people $5 for having a five minute interview with me. And guess what? Somebody complained that I was harassing them to the security because I asked more than once, hey, would you like to do a five-minute interview? No, thanks. Are you sure I'll pay you $5 for the interview? No, thanks. Oh, you asked a second time, harassment, and they made us take down our table and chairs. Oh, well, such is life on college campuses. <laughs> so uh, you're in California, so you don't have yep. to deal with any kind. Everybody oh, no. loves Christianity out there, right? Oh, absolutely. And not only you say, well, two things really quick. Let me say this. First of all, I'm still the youth pastor here. 
No, my bad. I thought you've been doing so much traveling, and I thought you. What's the What's the other thing you took on responsibility for recently? Um, there's quite a bit. I've been doing our young married couples. Oops, and that's like a new thing. But maybe I'm that's still doing what I was youth thinking. ministry. Yeah, I'm still doing youth ministry. So you know, but my bad. So talk about getting in trouble. Our church is famous for getting in trouble. So tell us who your pastor is and why you guys are famous for getting in trouble. So our senior pastor is Pastor Jack Hibbs. Shaboom! Oh. We, got, we got in trouble because we opened the church May 31st of 2020. The closure had happened. We shut the church down. I think in total we were closed down for almost two months. Our pastor began to pray. He heard from the Lord. The Lord said, open the church May 31st. So we we actually opened the church. A lot of people didn't like it, but we had the full support of our city. We had the full support of our police department. And not only that, we had full support of our county. So wow. we've been open ever since. And of course, we, we um, get in trouble for a lot of things because we're speaking out biblical truth, as you said. So there's a culture around us now that's just saying... Hey, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And the feeling thing has become the most important thing in our culture. And if you hurt someone's feelings, then you're wrong. It doesn't matter if it's right or not. It just matters how they feel about it. And so we're not going to lay down as a church and bury truth simply because it offends somebody. Now, we do it in a loving and a winsome way, of course. But Correct. the fact is... Um, I've heard it say, right, you take a rock, you throw it into a pack of dogs. The one that yelps is the one that got hit. So obviously there was a spiritual battle going on that day in that college campus. When you asked that student, are you sure? They already read the sign, no doubt. They already had some angst. And you asking a second time just gave them the right to go say you're harassing them. And I think what you're doing is a loving thing because you're trying to reach them with the truth. Yeah. I was amazed at a couple of the conversations we had are just great, but there's so much confusion. These students would yeah. sit down right next to me, and and there's a ton of confusion about science and scripture, about mm -hmm. creation and evolution. Most students want to believe in some kind of higher power, yeah. but there's a lot of confusion. And they went they went right down the list of things we talk about all the time. Well, what about fossils, and what about carbon dating, and what about... Right. All these things, it's like, dude, that's what we're here to educate you on yes. and give the church answers about. Absolutely. So, unbelievable. Um, hey, okay, I want to ask you where are, where you see uh, the, the culture and where you see the youth, because that's what you've been literally involved in, wrapped your mind around, mm -hmm. fully engaged in for more than 20. By the way, how many years is it now? What is it right now? So, okay, officially here on staff, paid staff, 19 years. 19. But... I was involved in the youth ministry before that, so approximately eight months. So it does add up to 20 years. Nice. But before that, I did, yes. I know. Not false I was like, advertising. Thank no. you. You didn't mess that up. All right. <laughs> no. But, but actually, if you were to say involved with youth, it actually would be 30 years. Wow. And the reason for that is I did 10 years of children's ministry between two different churches. Um, I did fifth and sixth grade. For a number of 10, well, 10 total years between two churches before I came here. So, but paid staff 19 years, 20 here total with our youth. And so I've seen a lot. I mean, when I started, cell phones weren't really a thing. You know, most students didn't have cell phones. So 
now it's rare for there to be a student that doesn't have a cell phone. Um, things that students are confused about now, they were not confused about 20 years ago. 20 years ago, nobody was confused about their identity, their gender identity. They weren't confused about any number of things. Of course, at the evolution uh, versus creation debate is, is an age-old debate, and there has been a lot of confusion with that. But the thing that I'm seeing today, the thing that students are most confused about is really revolves around their gender identity. Yeah. And that's simply because um, things keep changing in the scientific community, right? So that's something too that students have a hard time understanding is what's falsely called science and what's true science. And since nowadays, true science isn't being taught, they're confused and they don't really know where the line between, you know, what they're learning in biology class and what they're learning in the Bible. So there's been a huge disconnect with the, with not just Gen Z, but also the millennial generation, because it really started with them. Yeah. Um, and, to, and then it bleeds over into Gen Z. I think there's a lot more hope for Gen Z than there was for uh, the millennials in a, for a lot of reasons. And uh, the Barnas did a great study. They have a book called Gen Z that is a phenomenal insight into this generation. I think it's super helpful. But yeah, there's just been a huge change. Uh, the Word of God hasn't changed. Like teaching the Bible hasn't changed. But just simply kind of going through the motion of the basic Bible stories for youth has not actually, that's not something I've ever done. I don't just give them basic Bible stories, but we've always talked about the issues, whatever the world's been throwing at them, whatever I see coming on the college campus, I've always tried to preempt in high school ministry, realizing that's where they're going to go get attacked for their faith. And I've done everything that I can to try to prepare them. Um, I think over the years I've done a good job and, a, and I've done a poor job. So, but it's, it's just so you know, it's so fluid. It's always changing. Like the things they're being attacked with. I want to, I want to ask you about all that. And I want to ask you how you've changed your approach. I want to ask you things you did that work, things you did that didn't work, uh, where you saw them then, where you see them now, as far as uh, overall mentality. Uh, but first, Shad, I want, I, I want to have a little story time with you. you okay. See, because when I get together with uh, guys that are in the police force uh, or in EMT first responders or any military or youth pastors, they got the best stories to tell. So before we get too serious in where okay. we're at, can can you just share with me some of like your favorite stories after 30 years involved with working with kids? Like, you you got to have some of man the kid that got hurt at 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 a function the the worst thing if if you're allowed to tell us legally, uh, you you guys just have some, you got any that you can remember and just kind of tell it Give a us, lot. Okay, hit hit yeah. me up with just a couple like at least one or maybe two whatever you think. Here. Okay, some- I'll I'll give you um I'll give you an embarrassing story of myself right. and um one of the one of the ones with a student. So we'll start with me. Okay, so there's there's a couple and they both revolve about bathrooms in foreign countries. So (laughs) (laughs) wow. So the very first we're down in uh, San Jose del Cabo, which is right next to Cabo San Lucas. Uh, We're out sharing the gospel in their promenade, if you will. Um, 
we've, I've got to go to the bathroom. So I'm told, go to the Italian restaurant. We're in Mexico. Go to the Italian restaurant. So I go into the Italian restaurant. I ask where the, you know, donde esta el baño. They point. So I say, I go, okay, great. Thanks. I walk over. And the names for man and woman on the door are in Italian. Oh. Now, I don't know any Italian. I probably could have figured it out. So I looked up and above the door, there was a painting that would help you. But for some reason, it didn't help me. I found myself in the women's bathroom. Ouch. So, so I'm in there. I'm thinking, wow, this is odd. Doesn't look anything like a men's bathroom, right? So I go in the stall. And then all of a sudden, I hear high heels. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And women talking. So I'm freaking out. Oh, they no. leave. I go to open the door and come out and the door opens. Someone else comes. And I'm hiding in there like, going, get me out of here. Lord, help me get out of this place. So finally they go out. I ran out of the bathroom immediately, jumped in front of the men's door, pushed the door open and came out like I just came out of the men's bathroom. Didn't see anything, you know, because the doors were top to bottom, like almost to the bottom of the floor. And um, there was like slats. So I couldn't see anything. Right. It was it was totally safe. But that was embarrassing. And then in Germany, I was trying to find, they call the bathroom, the water closet. And I was saying, I need to use the restroom. And so um, I finally had to tell the girl, and I don't know if I can say this or not, but I said, I had to pee. (laughs) (laughs) So she thought I said key. Out of all the people I ran into in Germany, they all spoke English, but I found the one when I was looking for the restroom that did not. And so she took me over to where the wallets were that held keys. Oh, my goodness. And so finally, I I had to um, talk to her a little bit more. She finally realized what I was looking for. And she said, water closet. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's water closet. So that was embarrassing. Uh, One student one, we were up in Big Bear Lake, uh, about an hour away from us. We're up there on a camp. The kids are out being pulled behind boats. And one of the drivers decided with some egging on to whip them. So trying to flip them out of this inflatable pole behind the boat thing. And she did, in fact, eject them. And one of our girls, we had twins, one of our girls went face first into the water. She does not know what hit her tooth, but she literally knocked part of her front big tooth out. And she literally had, I don't know, it was like prom or winter formal was coming up. So she's like, my tooth is knocked out. You know, (laughs) we're trying not to laugh. She had a lot of pain, but she was a trooper. So that day she got down the mountain. Her dentist got a a temporary in her mouth. She wanted to be back at camp so bad. She was back up there that night with her temporary. And (laughs) that's awesome. It was one of those when she got married, you know, we were like, she was always, I think that was like her thing is like, what's going to, what's it going to look like when I get married? And we're like, what are you worried about when you're married? You're still in high school. You don't even know your husband yet. You know, it's just one of those, like, she was thinking that far ahead about what this tooth was going to look like. Man. So, so you've seen a lot of pain. You've seen a yes. lot of joy. Yes. You've uh, dealt with a lot of troubled teens a that uh, like to get in trouble. And you ask them, mm-hmm. why are you doing these dumb things? Have you figured out how to cure teenage stupidity? Is that like 30 years now? Have you got that no. figured out? Because every generation of youth, right, they think they're, they know better. And I think it's just, that's why Solomon gave so much wisdom to his sons. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes with the students today, uh, they're, you know, they're kind of a byproduct of, of their family and what they're growing up in, right? 
So they're not always getting the direction that they need or they're rebelling because things aren't good at home. Like there's there's a lot of variations as to why. But yeah, the whole just that there's no short answer <laughs> to like curing them of those ailments. Well, help us walk through here. How should the church be reaching these students? Uh, that's kind of the, the conclusion I want us to, to come to. Uh, advice for parents. Advice, I kind of want to just go, okay, you've got years of experience here. We've got people on here that are, that are, uh, in, that are youth themselves, Gen Zers. We've got the millennials. Uh, we got people that will be watching on Facebook that are the parents or grandparents. Um, and I'm just, I'm wondering where have they come? Where are they going? How do we reach them? I mean, here I have a ministry that I think has incredible truth and I want to reach them. I'm still trying to discover how do I reach these kids with this truth? So, well, where do you want to start? Families? um, And we can blast through them all really fast. Let's blast them, man. Let's go. We got uh, we got okay. 10 more minutes on social media and then it'll okay. be just us and the Creation Today partners kind of behind the scenes okay. where you can, you know, you can really tell the truth about what you think about okay. this. So. Okay, so let's start with families. Number one, if you're a grandparent watching, if you're a parent watching, the very first thing I would say is be involved in your kids' or your um, grandkids' lives. A lot of people think, well, they're teenagers. They look like adults for all intents and purposes. They are becoming adults but they're not ready for you to just hands off, let them go into the world. They're in what's called their second adolescence. And they actually need their mom and dad in their life as much now as they did when they were seven um, in their first adolescence between five and seven, right? So be in their lives. You need to have dinner time at the table. Studies already prove uh, at least four times a week having some kind of meal at the table. It doesn't have to be dinner, uh, but a lot of times families are busy and they're not making this time. So that's important. That family time is important. That connection with your youth is important. Um, most of the students, and by the way, for the past three years, I'm booked a month and a half out meeting with students every Tuesday, every Thursday, doing biblical guidance. And the number one thing is the disconnect between them and their parents. So if I can bring that back together, if the parents are willing, um, they save everything because the kids are very forgiving, okay? And they'll they'll snap back real fast, yeah. but that family time is crucial. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is um, getting into their world and understanding how they view things, how they're processing uh, by asking them questions, you know? Um, if they if they make a bad decision, don't just tell them that was a bad decision. They They usually know that it's a bad decision. What you need to discover is why they made that bad decision. Um, and understand this, that the heart is at the center of every bad decision. Remember, Jesus said that the heart is, is the seat. I mean, I'm, I'm like loosely paraphrasing here, right? So the, it, the heart is the seat of it all, right? So out yeah. of the heart flow, the issues of life, Solomon said. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's coming out of the mouth or what's coming out in behavior is a tell into what's going on in the heart. And you've got to aim. Uh, in two areas, not only for the head, but also for the heart, because there's a lot of people trying to aim for the head and you miss the heart. You've got to get both. The gospel's got to be interlaced. The truths of scripture have to be interlaced with the apologetics. So both are very important. That's where, um, Eric, you come in and uh, youth ministries come in. Uh, when you're teaching the Bible, for example, you can't just say things like, which you don't, but I, I know youth pastors do. They, they have this thing where they just say, I just believe it because the Bible says it, that settles it. 
and that's as far as they go. They're not giving the students anything more than that. Or when students ask hard questions, they don't know the answers to, they just tell them because you just have to believe it. Or that's where faith makes up for it. Mm. Well, the very definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1 1 is actually that our faith is based on fact, right? It's not, a, it's not something that helps me overcome things I don't understand. There is a part of that to it, but that's actually not the definition of faith. So when I give them facts about why the Bible says this. So for example, when you go back and you study creation with the students, and then you talk about um, the facts of science that correlate with the word of God, and you show them, um, then after that, they're like, okay, this makes perfect sense because that's the thing that science isn't doing in the world today. Science in the world today is just smashing them into a corner, telling them that they have to believe it because it's scientific. And they throw that word scientific loosely onto those things where you can show them how the Bible correlates to science. And you've done that, Eric, with your ministry. Um, I think is Genesis History is an amazing also um, video students can watch where they can get that. Yeah. Because the answers are out there, right? When you look at the uh, the Grand Canyon, for example, and its formation, and you're told it was formed over millions of years and the earth gently lifted up those layers like pancakes. And then you realize there was nothing gentle about the formation of the Grand Canyon, right? So you've gone there, you take people there, you talk about those layers, you show them the evidence, and that's hard to refute. So those are some things I think also reaching them where they're at. Right now, a lot of youth, they're here, they're in technology. Yeah. And so videos and education needs to be short and sweet and to the point. Because most students aren't going to sit down. Their attention spans aren't hours long. So if you take something and you break it up into bite-sized pieces for them and give them a little nugget each time, they're more apt to watch it. And I'm not saying dumb things down. Gen Z is not stupid. Okay, They're the most, for example, the most pro-life generation um, I think that's ever existed. And so they're all about facts. They want to learn. And that's where we teach them the facts. You know, if I talk about uh, God forming a baby in the womb, life begins and at conception. The scriptures back that up. Science does back that up. True science, not made up science that supports killing babies wholesale, but true science. And so when you show them these things, it emboldens them. They get it. And then they turn around and they actually do stuff with it. They're not, these are not, the Gen Z is not a sit by the wayside mm. kind of student. They want to get involved. So that's what I've seen in our youth group. Uh, we're hitting nearly 500 students between three services on Sunday morning. And when I ask them questions about what they believe and why they believe it, most of them are able to answer why they believe what they believe. See, that's amazing. That's one thing that you have done a great job of actually educating your youth, actually getting them to know the reasons behind it. So it's not mom and dad's faith. It's their own faith. It's yes. their own thinking. Uh, we gotta we gotta get off social media here in just a minute, but before we do, I really want to know how has your church handled the whole LGBT thing? How do you handle and a large youth group like that? I mean, a lot of people out there are not dealing with large youth groups. It's you mm -hmm. know 10, 15, 20 kids in a youth group. Yeah, and they have to figure out how they're going to deal with it. Can you yes. can you give me the bird's eye view of kind of how you guys think through all the confusion that you know is out there and how you guys handle it and how you talk yeah. about it? Yeah, so there's two ways. Uh, number one is that the students have to identify the love that those people need to see 
in that community through the gospel, right? Because that's 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 key. If I give them facts and just fill their head with knowledge, um, what they tend to do and what people tend to do is we tend to go out on attack mode with information. And so when I talk to the students about the fact that there's only two genders, for example, and the Bible doesn't separate um, sex from gender, they're the same thing. When God, and actually he uses uh, male and female and man and woman, uh, and those those would cover the arguments. And when I show students that, uh, then I tell them after that, I said, look, I'm not telling you this so that you can go out and beat up on your friends. I'm telling you this so that you know what you believe and why you believe it. Now, when it comes to the students that are out in the world today, understand why they're confused, right? The world is confusing them. So they are confused. And a lot of them, you know, from the time in here in California, we've got a very progressive educational system that's attacking uh, sexuality at a very young age. So what is it going to produce? It's going to it's going to produce children who are confused about their sexual identity. So if you just go in and you start punching them in the face with facts, they check out. So it has to be done in love and there's got to be a reaching of. And by the way, I'll say this. Um, if anybody's watching and they say, no, you're, you know, I don't believe you. We've got students in our youth group that are same sex attracted and um, are in that community. And I've not ever had one of them get up and leave. I've talked to them and I've, I told them when they come in my office and meet with me, I'm not here to convert you. I said, I will tell you the truth. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. If the conversation starts there, it usually starts around depression. That's where it starts. That's where we start. As a matter of fact, I had a student came in. Um, they were going to commit suicide. A year later, I said, do you still feel suicidal? They said, no. Now they're out of high school. They still reach out to me. They still text me. Um, they still want to meet up because the way I've approached them, they know where I stand. They know what I believe. Um, and I've listened to them. I've created a relationship with them. And that's what I want our students to be able to do is have a relationship because Jesus, remember, he was in the world convicted of being a glutton and a sinner himself yeah. because of who he hung out with. So these students are in the world. Um, when Paul was talking about the sexually immoral and not hanging out with them, he said, very specific, that was in the church. He says, lest you, you have to leave the world because they're sexually immoral all over the place. So we live in that world, but we need to reach them in a winsome way. And so with our youth, because they're coming in, I tell them, you came here. I'm not out at your public school with this information. I'm giving it to you here in the youth group. You're in the youth group. You came in here today. Here's the truth about what we believe and why we believe it. And so- Man. Yeah, that's, did you, was there any point where you're like, man, this is a really fine line or how, how, or is it just, it's pretty simple when you say, no, I'm standing on the word of God, this is true, mm -hmm. but I'm presenting in a way that's loving. Yeah. Is it like, yeah. that? that is the line. It's nice and simple. Yeah. 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 I don't get me wrong. I mean, Satan is there going, you're, you know, you're, you're going to get arrested in California. They tried to pass a law that would make it illegal to what they were calling conversion therapy. Right. And well, they made it sound like, you know, we're going to the public school or out, you know, on the street and grabbing people off the street and trying to convert them uh, through therapy, which is not the case at all. Um, what they were doing is they were hog tying those that did want out of that lifestyle. And so um, we showed up in mass as a church uh, and other churches came, we showed up at Sacramento and they, they shelved the bill. They wow. shelved it. They said, forget it. We actually had lawyers ready to go. Um, I was ready to testify and um, that all got shelved. So we didn't need to go that far. 
But yeah, because why? Because we love it. We actually love that community. Yeah. Right. We love that community. And so we're not like trying to kill anybody or convert people. We want to see people transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the key. That's the key. All right. I got all the social media go afterwards. I want to talk to you and find out, okay, where, where have they come from? Where they go? You said the big changes are, okay, mm-hmm. now it's gender identity is one of the biggest things. Uh, I want to ask, what are they, what are they, per, are they, is it still the same struggles underneath? Is it still the same stuff? Anyway, I want you to just kind of keep teaching us. Um, <laughs> hey, Facebook and YouTube, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We sure appreciate it. I uh, would love for you to become a Creation Today partner with our ministry. Uh, man, it's so easy. Just go to creationtoday.org. Uh, if you want to get right to the page, it's slash partner. But just go to our website, creationtoday.org. We'd love to have you there. Shad, do you put any of your messages online? I mean, I know Pastor yeah. you know, Pastor Jack, all his stuff is there. Yeah. Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, if you guys want to yeah. hear him, it's it's you'll get challenged there. It's really good. He He's yeah. a no-holds-bar, here's-the-truth kind of I mean, preacher. Absolutely. Uh, is that the best place, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills? Yeah, go on to our website, calvarycch.org, calvarycch.org, and just scroll down and find the youth. That'll take you to our high school website. That's really cool. That's really cool. And oh, I'll ask you this after we let them go. I'm like, <laughs> how do you get kids to to not be apathetic? How do you get them to love and have a desire for truth. Anyway, I'm just fascinated by that. Facebook and YouTube, so glad you joined us. By the way, next week I'm talking with Mark Spence and we're answering the question, how do you witness to family? Because family matters. So the most important people in your life, how do you witness to them? How do you share the gospel with them? How do you have inroads where it could be really touchy and dicey because you don't want to destroy that relationship? So next week, I hope you'll join me Wednesday at noon as we talk to Mark Spence. Thanks for hanging out with us.